Welcome to Expert Views on Alternative Dispute Resolution Ever, a podcast about simplifying ADR in a bid to attract more users to settle their disputes or conflict with these alternatives, mediation, arbitration, negotiation, conciliation, and early neutral evaluation. Uh, my name is Chinwe Ibonike, PhD in ADR from the University of Brighton, United Kingdom. And I'm delighted to welcome Professor Brian Clark to the show. Um, he's a law and civil justice professor at Newcastle Law School. Before that, he spent 15 years at the University of Glasgow, where he was head of the law school from 2013 to 2016. He currently serves as a trustee for the Arab Mediation Center, chair of the validation and accreditation panel for relationships in Scotland. Global Advisor UK for Mediate Guru and Advisor for Less Erudites. He teaches postgraduate and undergraduate classes in commercial law, mediation, and dispute resolution, and acts as the student mediation coach for the Newcastle University Mediation Society team. His main teaching and research interests lie in mediation, civil justice, the workings of courts, judges and lawyers, and commercial law. Current project includes um, the Singapore Convention, International Commercial Mediation, and judges' experiences and views on technology in the courtroom. Um, finally, Professor Brian facilitated the launching of a new online LLM in mediation and international dispute resolution. Welcome to the show, Professor Brian. So yeah, thank you very much um, for having yeah. me. I'm, I'm delighted to be here, thank you. You're welcome. So let me stop sharing here. Okay, so without further ado, let me go straight to the question. So question one is um, the topic is alternative dispute resolution and workplace conflict disputes, um, British perspective. So question one is, are employees or um, workers aware of ADR options regarding disputes or conflict that might arise um, at their workplace here in the UK. UK is the giving contest. Thank you. Okay, th thank you very much. I mean, I think that awareness is definitely spreading now. Um, I think if you, you know, ADR and, and mediation in particular, it's struggled to gain a foothold in mm -hmm. many different jurisdictions initially. Yeah. Um, and I think that's been the case here in the UK to some degree, and, and certainly also with workplace and employment disputes. But Things are changing quite a lot, and I think there's a lot of awareness raising that's gone on. People are much more, I think, aware of mediation. Many of us now have experience of that in different contexts. And if you look at what's happening in larger organizations now, they quite often have their own in-house dispute resolution mm. services, in particular mediation. So if there is some kind of dispute or a, a quarrel or a conflict between employees, they can be referred to an in-house uh, mediation service that's either offered by um, trained staff, independent staff in that organization, or by an external third party organization bringing in mediators. So here at Newcastle University, where I work, we've got our own in-house mediation scheme yeah. for staff yeah. disputes. Um, but equally, you've got a number of other external mediation providers offering workplace or employment mediation. So the Civil Mediation Council has a list of accredited workplace mediators and that I think that space is growing that that area of activity is growing 
And equally, if you begin to interact with the employment tribunal service, if you've got a, a real legal dispute, as it were, um, you've got a judicial mediation service, so you may be offered a mediation service by an employment tribunal judge that after they've assessed your dispute for suitability, they may offer you that service and it's, you know, parties don't have to accept it, but they can go down that route if you like, where one of the judges will mediate. If the case is not successful, then um, another judge would deal with the claim thereafter. Um, but that's grown quite a lot since it was brought in in the early 2000s. Um, I think it was 2006, actually, it was introduced. And equally, the other way that you've got ADR and the Employment Tribunal Service is through what we call ACAS Early Conciliation. So if you want to raise a claim, um, we must first engage at least to some degree with an, a, a conciliator from ACAS, the Advisory Conciliation and Arbitration Service, this public or quasi-public body. Um, and we must at least discuss to some extent with them whether or not we might be able to, to settle the dispute through conciliation. So this, it's growing in different ways. Um, so I think there has been you know, a, a good bit of awareness raising in this sphere in, in recent years in the UK. Okay, so let me just, um, um, the ACAS, that's the Advisory Conciliation Arbitration Service. Okay, yeah. okay, all right. So, okay, so thank you. Um, question two is why is ADR more prevalent or popular in the more complex society than it is in the less complex society? You know, um, uh, the research I conducted, you know, showed that um, ADR is more popular in in the Western jurisdiction than it is in in Nigeria. That's the giving contest. So, what's your view? Um, what's your viewpoint on this? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's an interesting question. I think there are quite a few different issues here. I think that yeah. you know, at a more generic level, you know, as as con as society becomes more complex. And therefore, it diversifies into different social classes. You get more competing interests. You get less social cohesion, and I think more individualism sometimes. Growth in commercial activities um, that can lead to just a greater number of disputes arising for different reasons, um, and then that can put strain on the the formal mechanisms for resolving those disputes, such as courts. And if you think about it, most jurisdictions in which ADR and mediation, in particular, has become very well developed. Yeah. That's yeah. happened because of promotion through the formal court system, where courts begin to divert parties away to mediation. Um, there is an attempt to save the formal court system because it's becoming overburdened, it's expensive, it's time consuming, it's bursting apart at the seams. If you, if you think back to the Pound Conference in 1970s USA, yeah. that's what propelled the development of mediation in the USA, and it's happened in many jurisdictions. So. It's interesting that the alternative ways of resolving disputes, they often only begin to develop when they become linked to um, the traditional ways, so the formal ways uh, to a great degree. And that, that's quite an interesting thing, I think, that's occurred um, in terms of mediation's development. But I also think that there's a sense that when mediation began to develop from the USA and it spread across, I guess, the common law world, it was perceived as being some kind of Western newfangled development and certainly across let's say continental Europe in the civil law tradition there was a resistance initially to that it was seen as something foreign to the civil law tradition even though in fact that you know settlement based processes have been very much part of their court systems for many years 
Um, but I guess there was some resistance initially, seen as an Anglo-American um, Western process. And so other, some countries resisted it because of that. But I think those barriers have, have become less pronounced today, though, because you see developments in many, many jurisdictions now. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it is top down, actually, in terms of the developments that make a real difference. Government, the state, public, public bodies, the courts, the judiciary. And that's what really develops it in most jurisdictions, ultimately. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. You know, in Nigeria, there's still, they, they've kind of embraced ADR, but still have so many people that are not aware about yeah. using ADR successfully these foods. And, you know, unlike here in, in the UK, though the cuts encourage people to settle they even have um, the multi-door courthouse the court connected adr but still there's yep. still a need for this uh, mass awareness on advocacy on using adr all right yeah. thank you so much sir so the um what the what is the way forward then okay yes just kind of linked into this yeah, yeah. the next question um for mass advocacy or awareness of the benefits of utilizing adr um, in settling disputes or conflicts, specifically in the workplace? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a combination of things that you need. And I think clearly, you know, awareness raising is the key thing. And it's about education. Mm -hmm. It's about disseminating knowledge and awareness, sophisticated awareness to what the mediation process entails. And that means designing a message which is going to be relevant for your audience. It's not enough to just talk about the potential benefits of mediation as a quick, cheaper, more harmony-based process. Because actually, people in dispute need to know what the process means for them, yeah. how it will impact positively upon them. And we need to remember that when people are in the midst of a dispute, um, they're, not always act, they're not always prone to acting especially rationally. And they may be very angry. They want to win. They want to fight. They want to enlist champions, such as lawyers, to fight their corner. They also want somebody to hear their case and tell them that they were right yeah. and the other person yeah. was wrong. They want to see the other side suffer and be penalized in public if possible. We all feel that from time to time. And mediation doesn't really promise that because it promises a process based upon compromise and harmony and coming together and talking and resolving it. So it's a difficult sell mediation. So I think you have to try and normalize it to some degree. You've got to try and institutionalize it to some degree. I think certainly organizations who've developed their own dispute system designs, you know, schemes, they quite often will put mediation as a forefront of that, to the front of that, and roll that out and say, look, this is how we're going to resolve things initially, or how we're going to refer to matters initially. And that can be quite helpful. But you've got to have people trained properly, it's got to be funded properly. Um, so it is a variety of things, but you see what's happening in the court system as well. So in the tribunal system, we're trying to normalize settlement by having ACASL reconciliation, by having judicial mediation, where judges offer mediation. And that's kind of a halfway house between mediation as we normally see it and judicial determination, because it is a judge in a courtroom mediating your dispute. So it's giving people that kind of gravitas, that importance. It's a judge hearing the case, yeah. but it's a mediation process. Um, so it's a it's a combination of the two processes, if you like. There, um, so lots, yeah. I, I think lots of different ways 
um, that you can try and promote it. But it must begin with education. Yeah. And you've got to think about your messaging. How do you want to sell the process to somebody that's in the midst of a dispute? And that's really the important aspect, I think. Okay. Thank you so very much. So do you have any suggestions like what um, modes um, or, yeah, or medium that we can use to, you know, um, disseminate um, the use or the benefits of um, utilizing ADR for people to like, you know, um, um, utilize these um, um, mechanisms more? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think it depends on the, the type of dispute you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So if it's, you know, if we're talking about workplace disputes which arise, then obviously there needs to be, you know, there needs to be information dissemination throughout the organization, and it might be online programs. I think things like interactive video-based work where you can see a scenario playing out so people can see what mediation is. The problem is with mediation, it's quite hard to describe. It's quite, easy, it's quite easy for me to say what I'm not going to do. So I'm not a judge. I won't take sides. I won't tell you what to do. I won't issue a decision. But what the mediators actually do, it's quite hard, actually, to explain what we actually will do as mediators. So I think showing people a, a demonstration, for example, having sort of interactive online resources where parties can work through to see how mediation might unfold. These are quite useful tools so people can visualize what the process entails. I think in some areas where lawyers are heavily involved so some employment disputes might involve lawyers quite significantly and clearly commercial matters and other matters may implicate lawyers and we know that in many circumstances parties who may mediate they get their information about mediation from their lawyers they go to their lawyers to get advice about what to do they're the experts in dispute we refer matters to them we take their advice because they're the professionals and we know that if lawyers don't pass on information about mediation to their clients, it's difficult for clients to find their way otherwise, find their way to mediation otherwise. So you need to educate the lawyers, you need to place obligations upon lawyers to discuss mediation, educate lawyers about the process. And that can be incredibly important. We also know in other contexts that judicial promotion is very powerful. So judges um, suggesting that parties mediate, that can be quite um, an important influence on getting parties to think about mediating, providing free mediation information. So the ACAS model is kind of like, you must find out about conciliation mm -hmm. and that's offered free to you and um, you're bound to find out something about it. The same in family disputes, you'll be aware of course that you have these mediation information and assessment meetings where parties who want to access family court, they're not compelled to mediate, but they must attend or at least theoretically must attend one of these meetings where somebody goes through the process with them discusses how it may be of benefit to them in their dispute um, and then can they can take a decision as to whether or not to proceed so different ways in which we can nudge parties towards potentially mm -hmm. using mediation but always trying to make it relevant and powerful and meaningful for parties given the dispute that they're in at that time all right, thank you so much. So what is your advice? So this is a compulsory question on this show. Yes. Your advice yeah, okay. for people that would um, want to pursue a career in ADR? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good question. And it is a question that I'm asked quite a lot. I would say that it's difficult. It's pretty difficult to forge a career in ADR. It depends what you mean by that. I think in terms of becoming a third party neutral, 
So a mediator, for example, or <laughs> an arbitrator, let's say. Yeah. It's very difficult for a young person to make money, to become a fee-earning mediator, at least in certain areas. So, for example, you know, high-value commercial mediation. Rightly or wrongly, the market tends to choose people that have vast experience and expertise in a related discipline, often law, and you'll be aware of this, Chinway, that many of the top mediators in that field are practicing or former lawyers or former judges, or they've got significant experience in other areas. It could be construction or banking and finance accountancy, let's say. And even if you're brilliantly trained as a mediator and have a great aptitude for it, as a young person, it's difficult. Um, it's easier in different areas, so you can you can get involved in community neighborhood mediation, but usually that won't pay you. <laughs> or you can get involved in workplace employment matters and earn some experience that way. Um, or you can train as a family mediator, but that requires quite significant training actually, um, under in both Scotland and England in terms of qualifying as a family mediator. It is difficult. I think for most students that I talk to, and, and many that I talk to are undergraduate law students or graduate law students, and for them, they're going to encounter those processes not as third-party neutrals, but as lawyers representing clients in and around that process. Mm-hmm. And for them, getting a great understanding of mediation and arbitration and, and those kind of processes will be incredibly invaluable in helping them navigate those processes on behalf of their clients and enable them to best represent their clients within their um, within those processes. And I guess that in time, those young legal professionals, once they gain more experience, I think at a later stage in their career is a better time for them to train as mediators Aww. in let's say commercial matters or it might be employment matters and try to gain practice. Once they've gained more experience yeah. with the process as a lawyer, mm-hmm. it's easier to be a young lawyer than it is to be a young mediator, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's in practice, I think. Now. I do think that there are many, many young people who are fantastic mediators. Yeah. Um, they will have a difficulty breaking through in the marketplace, particularly in areas such as commercial mediation, because the market will be biased against them. And rightly or wrongly, I think that's just the situation that exists currently. Hmm. All right. How about in academics? How do you get into academics, ADR? How do you get into if you want an academic position? Yeah. I mean, I think, and, and we've discussed this before, Chinway, that yeah. there are relatively few positions in the area right now. And most positions that do arise tend to be in the arbitration field because that's the bigger area, the more established area where there's more, I guess, there's more law around it and more legal tradition around arbitration than mediation. But I think that mediation is growing mm-hmm. and Absolutely. There, there, I think there are going to be more and more academic positions opening up in this area in the UK and in other jurisdictions as well. There are, I know there are relatively few um, at the moment, and there have not been many at all advertised in the last couple of decades, I guess. Um, but it will, I think, rise because what I'm seeing is an increase in the practice of mediation and mediation activity in different dispute areas in many different jurisdictions, and also internationally, because of things like the Singapore Convention and international commercial disputes, we're going to see more of this activity. And we're seeing more, I think, academic activity, more training and more, you know, more classes in these areas for students as well. 
Um, so I think academic positions are going to increase. Um, so I think it's just going to be a matter of time, I think, before more yeah. um, more arise. And, you know, I, I know there are more PhD students going through, and I know, Chinway, you've just gone through a PhD in the area yourself. Yeah. There are students in the area now coming through. And I think we're just going to see more opportunities, so more academic conferences, yeah. more opportunities to publish mm -hmm. um, at an early point of your career. And hopefully there'll be more, uh, you know, short-term and longer-term positions yeah. for new academics um, coming through. But it's going to take a little bit of time before we see lots of them coming on stream. Yeah, thank you. And I must commend you for initiating um, an um, online um, LLM dispute um, in Newcastle. Can you tell me more about um, this project? Yeah. So, I mean, I, in a previous institution, when, when I worked at... Um, Strathclyde University in Glasgow, I, I wasn't involved there in, in running a master's program in mediation and conflict resolution. And that program still runs there and it's a, hmm. a really excellent program. And yeah. when I moved to Newcastle three years ago, um, there was no teaching and mediation in the school at that time at all, or very little going on at all. So since that time, I've built up teaching at undergraduate level, some postgraduate classes. I've started doing quite a lot of training with students in mediation, that kind of thing as well. Um, but I did want to set up a new program, a new master's program looking at um, mediation and commercial dispute resolution. And I'm working with a set of partners. There's a body that some of you will be aware of called Mediator Academy. That's yeah. a digital uh, mediation training provider that's yeah. quite well established now and has a track record of working with universities. And so I'm partnering with them to set up an online only mediation master's program so it's entirely delivered online, online. Wow. Um, with a focus on mediation and international commercial dispute resolution and we would hope to get students from you know anywhere across the world who want to get a degree from a, a good Russell group British university um, but don't want to travel it's maybe not convenient or there are issues about affordability and we're trying to make it the best possible online experience that we can so Effectively, most of that material that you undertake in those classes in mediation, mm -hmm. online dispute resolution, mediation theory, those kind of things, the students will engage with material on a non-synchronous basis, which means that primarily they're looking at immersive video content, mm -hmm. uh, interactive video content that they navigate in their own pace, but they're also attending live online sessions with me and other colleagues oh. uh, doing skills training together as a group or doing sort of or theoretical classes that kind of oh. thing as a group to bolster that um, and they can also join our society and get involved in training and competition activity as well a lot of which is going on online as well so that's what we're trying to do it's the first year we've run it so yeah it starts in september so it's been a lot of work but yeah it's quite exciting Wow. That's awesome. Thank you so much, um, Paul, for um, sharing this um, useful insights on this show. I appreciate you taking our time, and especially with this um, LLM online dispute, because I know so many people, so many colleagues back home would really want to um, further their career. Um, um, by doing an LLM in ADR. So I would, I'm going to drop um, the link as well. So um, for people, for my colleagues to, you know, 
start <laughs> applying to new paths. So um, I'm really, really happy because I mean, this is what um, part of my research is all about awareness, more people to embrace ADR apart from in, in workplace or, you know, disputes, but also people to teach, teach, uh, teach ADR, um, starting from the home institutions and um, trade unions as well. So I'm really glad you could come and, um, you know, um, talk more um, about um, this um, discourse. All right, um, thank you once more. And to my um, listeners, thank you so much. Stay tuned, same time next week, where we're still discussing about this um, topic, ADR on the workplace, British perspective. Bye. Thank Prof. you, Bino. Bye-bye. Thank you so much.